We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in possible. For the fifth straight time, Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the AFC Championship game. Uh, this time, it's against the Cincinnati Bengals for the second straight time. What's up, everybody? Kent Swanson here in the Blue Wire studio at Ooh. the win Ooh. in Las Vegas, having a phenomenal time with all my buddies. This is kind of surreal to be here. We're beyond excited to be uh, doing a show here. Uh, we're going to be doing five things to watch. I'm here with Maddie Lane. What's up? Listen, we're doing five things to watch. For, with five people for the fifth straight AFC championship game hosted by the Kansas City Chiefs. So I don't know. I think it's kind of perfect. Chiefs that's, by five. That's that's a lot of fives. I want the Chiefs to win by more than five. 55? Here, yeah, 55 would be great. Gotcha. Right? We can win by a Frank we'll Clark there. It's, it's not just the three of us up here. We've got, sitting here, leader of the pack, BJ Kissel, sitting down here and joining us out here in Vegas, Sean Barber, <laughs> out here on the field. I'm just so happy to be here, man. It's Vegas, bro. Let's do it. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Don't forget that. I'm, exci I'm excited with this one because we're gonna put a we're gonna put a bow on this game. We've been talking about it all week. There's so many storylines going in. We thought we were out of storylines coming into this game, but uh, a few more popped up on a Friday that gives us a little bit more something to talk about. And uh, yeah, this is maybe more than any other game. It's just it's time for this game to be here. I can't wait. We'll be right back here on Sunday live streaming a second screen watch party from this studio doing our post game show from here as well. It is going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you like subscribe, follow all that good stuff. Cause this is going to be a blast. It's going to be an absolute blast. So, yeah. Come hang out with us. We'll be uh, reacting as things are going down. It's going to be a pretty tense game. This is the most tense game that we've done uh, a live screen watch party too. I like I, that, that this is, this one's going to be a lot. Like there's probably going to be some pretty raw emotions. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Matthew. All right. Well, so we're going to be just going through five different story uh, things to watch. We're all going to pick one. There's five of us. Uh, we'll start with the offensive side of the ball. And BJ Kissel's leading off here today. Oh, yeah. The yeah. What, right. First thing to watch here, BJ. We'll jump at the new storyline, the yeah. Travis Kelsey news. I think it kind of caught everybody off guard because he was a full participant, was listed as questionable for this game with a back. Uh, not a lot of information. He was, I think, slated to talk to the media and then didn't. And so everybody obviously gets really worried. Based on some... Uh, cryptic tweets from some people that may know Travis Kelsey. I don't think it's anything too serious uh, at this point. Not that we would find out if it was going to be serious. They're not going to give a lot of that information. Uh, but 
definitely something to watch for going into this game. And when you combine that with what we heard from Julian Edelman earlier this week when he went on national saying, I think alluded to the fact that he may have talked with some people on the Bengals and their plan, especially on third down. They're going to hit him. They're going to pull him. They're going to tug on him, all that stuff. And if Travis Kelsey is a little banged up going into this one, we know Patrick Mahomes is a little banged up. It's definitely something to watch for and, and add a little bit, one more storyline going into this game, Ken. And I think, I think the good news for Chiefs fans when you're looking at this, Patrick, uh, he was a, a full participant in practice. Like, that's a very important piece of this. And I kind of like, there might be a little bit of gamesmanship to what you're saying, BJ, because you look at this and say, okay, he's questionable now. We've heard all this buzz about, okay, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to take, you know, they're going to try to take him out. They're going to emphasize him. Well, of course, they're going to try to emphasize him. I mean, how many catches did he have last week? 14, mm-hmm. yeah. 17 targets. Like, yeah, they're going to try to take away the safety blanket a little bit. Right. So, uh, you know, it'd be fascinating to watch if, if it's really that impactful of a, of an injury, but um, maybe there, maybe there's a, a hint of gamesmanship there a little bit with it too. Listen, Travis Kelsey's getting his ass kicked every single week, no matter what. That's what every defense is going to do that to him. Third down, first down, it doesn't matter. They're sending multiple guys at him. You can go back to when the Patriots and the Chiefs were playing each other every single playoffs, and they were just whooping him up every single time. This is nothing new that Julian Edelman's talking about. I'm sure we're in the AFC Championship game. I'm sure that he doesn't feel great. I'm sure there's things that don't feel great in his body. I'm sure he needs some extra work. So, like, I'm not overly concerned right now with, you know, maybe missing a presser was a full participant in practice, like Kent said. I don't think it's something to get concerned about as a Chiefs fan. If it shows up on game day and, like, then there's a problem, like, if there's very clearly a problem come game day, then, yeah, then a lot of things change. But, I mean, everybody's beat up right now. He's not the only guy. So, missing a presser to get a little bit of massage work or something on your back, I don't think is something to worry about. It's the full practice for me. If he was limited in practice, this would feel a lot different right now. So, I mean, like, being able to be a full go you miss a presser. I mean, there were people that were alluding to the fact that you know, Travis has talked enough. We don't. We don't need to talk about this game anymore. <laughs> Just show up. He's got a play. podcast. He's got yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's talked plenty, but I mean, like, it makes sense to just kind of be like, you know what? It's fine. I'm gonna go get some treatment. I'm gonna make sure I'm good for Sunday. He's playing. They're but Patrick Mahomes is a full go. Travis Kelsey's a full go, like times a thousand. If, if it wasn't for the cryptic tweets from people that are around him that will be unnamed for this show, uh, I don't want to out <laughs> anybody, uh, but made me feel more comfortable. But it is exactly your point because the worst case scenario for a Chiefs fan when you see something like that is if a player blows out a knee during practice, they will be listed as limited and then probably wouldn't be questionable at that point, but could be listed as questionable at that point. They would list them as limited if they didn't finish practice and something happened. But the fact that he was full, didn't miss any reps. Sean, you've been there. You know that you know how this all this stuff works. Man, playoffs is a whole different beast. Again, if this was during the season, you got to manage, manage the, you know, where we are in the season and are we, where we are as far as the playoffs. This is, you got to create your next game. Everything is on the table right now. So wh- whatever I got to do to get ready for practice, whatever I got to do to get ready for the game, everybody is up. Everybody is up. It's time to press all the chips in. It's nothing left to hold. All the fancy plays, the exotic defensive fronts, the disguising of the coverages, all the, all the, uh, uh, fake field goals and fake everything's uh, everything's up this game and so it, we're talking about practice uh, i feel like alan Iverson, right we're talking about practice we're talking about practice practice not the game not but we're talking about practice man travis kelsey's gonna be ready for that game and he's gonna give they're gonna get everything they want we call them killer trav we call them zeus they're gonna get all of that on sunday you, you heard juju smith schuster talking a little bit about how the game plans fire like, that's one of the comments, like, mm. that they were using the one of the terminology for the, the game plan. There's a lot of confidence mm. in what they're putting out there. And, I, you know, 
it would have been a very it, it, we we all think Travis Kelsey's playing. He's playing. Come on, he's yeah. playing. Yeah. It would be a very devastating thing to happen the last practice where you've got this fire game plan that's very obviously going to involve Travis Kelsey either actively involved getting a ton of targets or just being used to kind of help build other things on top of it. Mm-hmm. This would be a devastating loss if it were, you know, if, if that were the case, because like he's such a crucial piece of this, of this offense. And I mean, yeah, you saw what Mahomes, he was the say he was what Mahomes was leaning on late in that second, in that, in that game and trying to, you know, just utilize him underneath routes and stuff like that. So uh, it's pretty, it's going to be pretty important that he plays in this game. I'm fully confident that he will. And I'm looking forward to the fire game plan. And that brings us to the second the second one to watch, the second thing to watch. It's, you know who's going to be pulling the trigger on that fire game plan, according to Juju Smith-Schuster? It's going to be Patrick Lavon Mahomes. Uh, you know, there's so much, you know, con, you know not, there's so much discussion about the ankle injury, the high ankle injury. And, you know, we've just gotten a bigger and bigger sample size uh, of him walking around uh, <laughs> pre-practice. <laughs> So we're spinning, the spin. spinning, spinning it was a spin for skipping, me. you know, shout out James Palmer doing stairs. It does seem though. And like, I think this is the thing I'm, I'm kind of curious about the thing I'm, I'm most interested in to watch is we've seen Patrick Mahomes be able to stretch teams and force them to defend bigger patches of grass than most teams in the NFL. Uh, there's not very many quarterbacks that can really stress a team the same way Patrick Mahomes is able to just with his arm. We're just talking about with his arm. I, I'm very fascinated to see how much field they're able to, to really, you know, kind of force the Bengals to defend. How much are they able to stretch the Cincinnati Bengals? Because, yes, we know about Mahomes' injury, and there's a lot of concern and questions about, okay, so how is he going to be able to drive off that foot? Well, okay. Well, if he can, if, you know, like all early indications right now, it looks like he's going to be able to drive off that foot a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this guy's got unique arm talent where he can kind of overcompensate without harming himself in some ways. How much field are we going to see them stretch? I think that's one of the big storylines for this game is can they open things up a little bit? And and are the Bengals even going to give them some of those opportunities to? The Bengals did in the first matchup. Uh, a lot of the offense the Chiefs were able to get was Marquez Valdez-Scantling working vertically downfield. He had two receptions over 20 yards. He forced a defensive pass interference on another one. So like a, a lot of their chunk plays in that first game came on hitting MVS vertically and regardless of what we think the mobility of Patrick Mahomes may be in this game, that, that stuff's going to be there. I mean, I've, he's thrown plenty of passes without putting his legs. We've seen him throw a jump pass, jumping over Andrew Wiley's leg that still went over 15, <laughs> 17 yards on, you know, on a rope. So I'm not concerned about the arm or the ability to stress the Bengals defense vertically. They, the Bengals, like every other time they play, the Chiefs are going to respect everything downfield. They're going to throw a bunch of bodies at Travis Kelsey. They've apparently already told Julian Edelman their entire their entire game plan, I guess. <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of other guys that should have opportunities to be open. Juju Smith-Schuster's talking about a fire game plan. MVS had a really good game. I mean, guess who else didn't play last time these two teams met? McCole Hardman, Kadarius Toney. Now, we don't know for sure if McCole Hardman's going to play, but it looks like he's back to practice. Kadarius Toney's played a big part in the Chiefs, you know, stretch run here. So they're adding all these other playmakers. You want to spend all this time covering vertically downfield, covering sideline to sideline, no matter which hash mark they're on or if there's a small rollout. And now you have to worry about speed. And now you have to worry about Juju Smith-Schuster and everything else. There's, there's going to be gaps in what the Bengals allow. It's obviously going to be there. And I think we should all have the utmost confidence that Patrick Mahomes can get the ball to him. You know it's going to end up being like Noah Gray or Justin Watson's. It's going to come out and have like 110 yards, and it's going to be like, remember that time that Justin Watson just went out and absolutely went off against the Bengals? Yeah, and I mean, Andy Reid's been building this offense for this moment. 
Like he really yeah. has. The the pieces that he has are so complimentary. You know, you've got guys that can win in the intermediate areas. They've got some deep threats. They've got guys that can stretch you horizontally. That is hard as hell to defend as a, you know, come up with a game plan as a defensive coordinator. You want to tell me that Andy Reid's been sitting here all week, all year long, just installing little elements of it, just a little bit here and there. I have the utmost confidence that what we are going to see is going to attack literally every blade of grass out there. It's just the question was, can Mahomes hit all of those? Full practice all week long. Absolutely looks good doing it too. I I, I think we're going to see the best game plan. I think we're going to see top-notch Patrick Mahomes. I don't see how this isn't just, you know, a, a an absolute barn burner on offense. Patrick Mahomes is on all systems go. Um, I don't think the ankle injury, I think the way he uh, recovered from it and got straight into rehab, uh, what we've seen on on the, you know, what is it called, the ankle watch? Kansas City Chiefs has been <laughs> yeah, on the ankle, ankle watch. watch. I've seen enough to know he's going to be full speed and ready to go. Um, I think he's going to be surgical. I think the way he picks apart and um, just delivers the ball against the zone, all their zone concepts is going to force them out of the zone, force them to go what they don't want to do is go man because Eli Apple – I mean, I'll say it. He can't. He he can't guard people. Let's go, man to man. He's a zone. He's a zone <laughs> defender. Talk. He talks a lot of <laughs> trash, but he he just doesn't have the ability to to stay with the amount of uh, vertical threat that our guys can go with. And then underneath the safeties and the linebackers, um, they they got guys that can make plays. They, I mean, the Sam Hubbard guy is a guy who's been a constant. I mean, he's kind of like, um, you know, what um, one of the guys we've had. You know, is going to the Hall of Fame or some. Um, uh, number 69 for the Chiefs. Jared Allen. Jared Allen. There's some Jared he, Allen vibes he, there. He's yeah. got a lot of that in him, man. He's got a lot of that that energy, that vibe, that motor. He just keeps coming at different at, on all different levels, and you don't really know where to account for him at. And so sometimes that does throw off our blocking schemes and blocking patterns. Um, but, man, we got some special guys now. Um, if you saw what Jet McKinnon, we, we saw the way he handles Blitzes, Yo, oh yeah. right? He 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 um, he readjusts their face masks. We <laughs> we got we got guys to just do things a little bit differently, and I think that now we're gonna let all these beasts out the cage. We're gonna let everybody go eat. Every and Coach Reed says it. Go out here on this field and let your personality show. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. can't wait to see, you know, come Sunday when 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 the dogs are released and, and Arrowhead Stadium goes wild. That offensive juggernaut that is run by Patrick Mahomes gets released. I don't think that Cincinnati is going to be able to keep up, man. I just think it's going to be a, it's going to be a horse race. I'm just throwing an idea out here, trying to figure out, like, what could we see as far as the Bengals early in this game wanting to test what they're going to see from Patrick Mahomes from a mobility standpoint. That's some information that you would want early in this game. And I'm asking you guys, because I'm just throwing this out there, would a gap up the middle pressure and making him pick a side as opposed to coming off the side, if you're going to see pressure, could you see it coming up the middle early just to see, can he escape? Because when I was watching the replay, they've been showing on NFL Network, the replay of the AFC Championship game from last year, the, the touchdown to Travis Kelsey is the play where it's like, ooh, I don't know if, even if he's not quite 100%, we know it's Patrick Mahomes. We know he's going to try. He's not going to hold back or play any differently. Hopefully he protects himself so he doesn't have a hit like we saw with Arden Key against the Jags. That's stuff he'd like to see him avoid. But could you see something like the Bengals and their you know defensive coordinator, Lou Anamaroma, trying to get that information by, let's blitz him up early, see how he moves laterally, see how he moves outside the pocket, at least to have that info early. 
I think they'll try to blitz him in some capacity. Like, and some of that is crazy. You, you bring some middle pressure, like you're going to, I think there's easier outlets to try to beat that pressure with getting the ball out of your hands quickly. Like it's not right. necessarily as much flushing them off a spot where like you get some overloads, you get some, like we talked about this on the lab, like some cat blitzes, some bringing some nickel pressure to try to force the pocket, you know, try to force some front side pressure or something to force him to kind of move to his left too. Like, I think that's one of the things it's like trying to, you know, move him away could be a very fascinating thing. So, like, I almost wonder if it's some, like, almost some edge pressure that they're trying to bring just to try to force him to move off his spot a little bit. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Barber? I, I just don't see no um, – I've watched uh, over and over again. There is no one way to get to him. There's no solution. Um, the fact that he has total control over protection, and that's the one thing that's always scared me about Patrick Mahomes is most offenses, the, the coordinator calls a play, and it has the protection set into it. And then the quarterback looks over the defense – he sticks with the, the sticks with the protection. Defensively, we wait for him to check it, and then we come the opposite way. Patrick, kind of like Peyton Manning, has full control over which way to slide the line, which way to send the running back, go A7, A6. All the different protections are live. And so the offense, because it's Arrowhead Stadium, we're playing at home, perfect. We can stay, we can check protections. We can let him handpick and customize what protection he believes is going to keep him the safest. And then Obviously, if they do bring pressure to hot routes, we got it's just it just offense is just so uh, it's so evolved where it's it's just no single way to get to him that he doesn't have a solution. There, yeah, and there's solutions, yeah. And Sean, you and I used to talk about this years ago, and I was working with the Chiefs. Is that when Patrick Mahomes was a rookie, when he was going through this process, the way they developed him is they started with protections before they ever worried about everything else. Everything started with protections. Yeah. I remember talking to him after a rep during an OTA practice. We was like you know, fist bumping and like was pumping his fist. He was so excited after a play, but he like threw the, it was like an out route and he threw it out. It was, I think he even tipped off the receiver's hands. Like the guy didn't catch it. And I remember thinking, and after the practice, I asked him, I was like, why were you celebrating? Like, why were we celebrating after that play? And he goes, I got the protection, right? They threw something <laughs> at me. They had never seen before. And all I cared about was getting the protection, right? Nags, Kafka, like all of them were just thrilled because they were developing him a certain way. And that's why it, it, everybody who was a part of how they brought him along and Alex Smith and all of that. I know we're years past. We've been talking about it for years, but when we get into situations like this, where he's a little banged up, talk about the pressure, the defensive coordinator, the chess matches. This was something that was instilled into him from the protection side of it from the very beginning of when he's, when he joined the chiefs. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas city. KC sports network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. 
a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching this. Uh, you any more to add to that, Matthew? You look, you I, look I ready to jump in. No, I did. I was just going to say, you can go back to the second half of the Jaguars game when Mahomes came back in. The Jaguars were sending a lot of pressure. And I mean, to Sean's point, Mahomes was calling all of them out right there at the line of scrimmage. I mean, he was just getting them over and over with them. He could barely move. I mean, we watched him. We all watched him. He's yeah. hopping on one foot. He's not going to beat any of those pressures with his, with his mobility in that game. But just over and over again, he's picking them up. McKinnon's coming across and catching somebody coming off the opposite mm-hmm. side. The offensive line sliding into it. Or when you can't account for him, we have the play where I think it was uh, Isaiah Pacheco just slips out right behind the blitz in the flat. Mahomes lets, invites the pressure to keep coming to him before dumping the ball off. And he just knew right where he was going with it. It ends up being an eight, nine-yard gain. He has that complete command. And I agree. I think the Bengals will send pressure early. Mike Hilton, their nickelback is probably their best blitzer. So I could very much see them bringing him off the edge to make Mahomes move. But at your own risk, do that. And I beg the Bengals, if I get to say, please try to make Patrick Mahomes beat you in this game. Like, please, as a Chiefs fan, yeah, try to make absolutely. him beat you. I will, I will go down with that ship every Let's single go. time. That's why I said it was crazy earlier when I'm when you're talking about the blitzing him. I'm like, it's crazy we're sitting here talking about blitzing Patrick Mahomes because for five years we've looked at the numbers. I'm like, you just don't blitz this yeah. guy. He has too much command. He knows where to go with the ball. And we talked about it all year. He was never given enough credit in the whole Tyreek Hill thing. He was never given enough credit for how mentally in tune with everything he was because people on the outside who weren't around him or didn't study what he was doing just thought he was making these crazy plays and got lucky and all this stuff. It's like, you're going to see another side of him when he stays in the pocket. He can tear you apart because he has full command of everything that's going on. I'm curious just to see if, there, if there's intentionality to try to wear him down. You know, and like, I think maybe you're not always, you're not always, you know, uh, you're not always right with the pressure and he's able to beat it from time to time. But if you can kind of accumulate some of those hits and see how he responds mm-hmm. to some of those hits, they might be willing to live with, you know, giving up some big explosive plays early on in the game, you know, or willing to potentially sacrifice him just so they can get some shots on him and try to see how long he can sustain that success as he gets hit more and more and more. And if he starts to wear down, if they have to move him off his spot, I think there's just going to be some intentionality to try to move him off his spot as much as they possibly can. And like, I mean, that's not always blissing. It's just, but you know, I think there's some intentionality there. Storyline or thing to watch number three, Matthew, you kind of are the pivot, man. It's either going offense or defense. What do you, what are you springing on us? Let's go. Everything. Oh, Can I do that? No. <laughs> no. Uh, so we've talked a lot about the offense. We talked about receivers, Travis Kelsey. We talked about Patrick Mahomes. We kind of left out one group so far. Uh, <laughs> the offensive line. Uh, there's, there's one quick way to have a quarterback that's a little hurt that maybe is a little bit limited in his mobility to stuff that offense. And that's if the offensive line can't hold up. And there's been times against the Bengals in the past or earlier this season where the Chiefs offensive line hasn't exactly been all the way up to the task of that particular game. Where we could all see examples of Joseph Osai beating somebody and getting quick pressure against Mm -hmm. the Chiefs. Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, uh, BJ Hill's been a phenomenal interior pass rusher for them so far this year. So there's a lot of stuff going on that Chiefs will have to contend with on the offensive line. That said, the Bengals' pass rush isn't like a high pressure rate unit. It's more just about their sack conversion when they do get pressure. The pressure is coming. When pressure comes, they're getting sacks off of it. They're doing so as a group rather than winning one-on-one stuff. And I think that plays into the Chiefs' hands. 
we just always haven't seen them play their best. So then this game with Mahomes probably unable to be 100% in terms of his mobility. Andy Reid's going to have the right scheme. I think everything's going to be clicking. It's just got to be the offensive line has to hold up their end of the bargain. And after last week, I mean, it's not Orlando Brown Jr.'s fault or the offensive line's fault that Patrick Mahomes got hurt. But he was definitely under a lot of pressure early in that game leading up to that point. And you, know, you just have to think that has to be in the back of their mind a little bit that like we have to do the absolute best that we can do and maybe even then a little bit more just because of that. And I think you kind of going to have that mentality going into this one. And when you watch the AFC Championship game from last year and the way that the offensive line started, it was really, really good. There are highlight level <laughs> blocks. Orlando Brown Jr. Mm. absolutely takes down Trey Hendrickson, die, just belly, full him. belly flops on top of him. <laughs> gets up and puts him back down again. Like there are multiple blocks like that have happened. They've got to come out and set the tone, whether that be in the past game, you know, like Orlando Brown, like you're talking about Maddie, or when they have to turn to Isaiah Pacheco, when they have to turn to Jet McKinnon, they're trying to establish the run game a little bit more. You got to lean on those guys and trust your offensive line to execute at a high level. We have seen some really good run designs from this team. We have seen some good execution of the blocking scheme from this offensive line. It just needs to be there for the full game. You've got to rely on that. You've got to trust that those guys are going to do the job for you. And you got to start like you did against the Bengals game because, my goodness, the, the beginning of that AFC Championship game was they, they were absolutely taking it to that big Bengals defense. Yeah, you talk about uh, offense scripts the first 15 and get ready to go. Um, I don't think that... Cincinnati had any answers for our first 15. Nope. We're talking about that last game. It was fun. Uh, AFC <laughs> Championship game. The thing I do think is that when you go up, you know, 20-some points, you go into halftime, there is that dilemma. You got something that's working so well, do you change it? Mm -hmm. And I think offensively, we let our guards down and we didn't change it. And then in the second half, they made adjustments and we just wasn't ready for it. Because we went in halftime thinking everything's great. Everything's good. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing. They made an adjustment. Threw a little curveball, dropping threw some, eight. Threw some, threw some knuckleballs at us, and yeah. we was ready for. The, we was still swinging at fastballs the entire second half, and we never got back on on, on target. So, uh, I am I am very uh, encouraged about uh, the last time we played them, um, going you know into the fourth quarter of that that um, game and having that drive. We're up four, about to go score again. Yes, a ball gets punched out, but I think again that playoff mentality. Everybody understands now. This is every possession, every catch is do or die. You got to hold on to that ball like it's, I mean, like it's your life now. And I just think the intentionality of our team is going to be so laser focused on every drive, every possession, every play, getting the most out of it, getting down and then going on to the next. It's, it's just hard for me to see our guys um, not really coming and, and being ready for the moment. And I, it, tying back just to the offensive line, too, it's all of this. It's the elevation of everybody around Patrick Mahomes. Yes. And you saw some intentionality, I think, from the offensive line in the second half of that game. There was a little bit of a, a different level of focus against the Jaguars that you saw. It's the, you know, you, and I, I love that you brought up, you know, ball security and all that. Just the, There's got to be some intentionality mm. to not let everything around Mahomes fail. Like, and, mm -hmm. and not to put too much undue pressure on him, but I even look back to last, last year's game. With, with the drop eight, and we talked about there's some key drops. There was just big, you know, mental errors and, and, and mistakes that this team was making. They were dropping the football and, and killing drives that way. And not so running to the pylon at the end of the half. Don't I mean, get me started, Craig. Come on, don't get me started. <laughs> you know how I feel about this. There was just, like, there was some mental, there was, I, I don't want to 
call their mental weakness, but there was just there was some moments in that game that 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 team failed just mentally to to do what what needed to be done. And I think you saw a little bit of chaos at the end of the half there. And yeah, it's it's so I I think there's there's got to be an elevation of everybody around them, but it's got to be you know I think just the simple execution and the basic fundamentals are going to be so crucial in this game, especially since I do think the Bengals are going to give you opportunities to be sound and secure all the way down the field. They're just hoping that you make enough mistakes, you know, in between, you know, in between the twenties. I almost feel like maybe this is just wishful thinking, but I almost feel like any doubt that we have in our minds that we've seen the chiefs in playoff games under Andy Reid like relax in the second half. And they've given up these big comebacks that with everything that happened from Mahomes being banged up to the burrow head crap, to all of these things going on has locked them in so much mentally, not that they're going to play any harder, but mentally things start to go wrong. Like there's just a different level of focus Mm -hmm. that I'm not worried about something like that. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be close. I'm not saying that, but if they get up, I'm not worried about the mental collapse that we had seen or the types of things that we saw last year, because there's so many different examples this year or excuse me over this past week of reasons why that the Chiefs are just completely locked in. When Chris Jones said, like said on his presser today, he's like, "We'll see you all at Burrowhead." I was like, "Oh, it's on." There, like, this is a different level. There's, there's, there's always pressure, but there's just doesn't. And like the second half of last year's game was lethargic. That the the Chiefs were lethargic. Mahomes was lethargic for the first time in a long time. Just not, just not the same guy. Not relatively comfortable. I think there's a a, a freedom with the vibe of this football team right now, just the way that they, they're they're not afraid of the pressure and they know there's pressure, but it just feels like there's a little bit more freedom to how they, you know, there's a, like, there's, there's a little bit lethargic. I don't think there's a chance that this group's going to get lethargic in this game at all. I think they kind of feel like some of the pressure is off and all the expectations have started to kind of fall on the Cincinnati Bengals, which I absolutely love. I don't know if there's any level of lethargicness that you should be concerned about, but I think this kind of goes back to the Super Bowl against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where the Chiefs, I mean, there was some other stuff going on there with all the injuries, but leading up to it, there was a lot of talk about how the Bucs are going to be favorite and they're going to run through them and stuff like that. And I think the Chiefs came out, there was injuries, but they also came out and they were tight. I mean, they, they were worried about making mistakes. They were trying too hard not to make mistakes early in that game. I think you have to battle that a little bit here. You can't come out being so afraid to make a mistake that you're not playing your brand of football. I mean, the Chiefs play a very specific brand of football. You still have to be yourself. And sometimes with the Chiefs, that does come with the occasional missed throw, missed read, interception, or stuff like that. You can't be afraid to be yourself in this spot. I don't think they will be. Like, I don't anticipate the Chiefs coming out like that. But I think that's a bigger concern than them coming out lethargic or not at 100%. And that's just something you're going to have to battle through early on which is back to Sean's point about the scripted plays. That's what Andy does. And that's Andy's thing. Like he's good at getting you out, getting you comfortable and feeling really, really good out there as an offense specifically. So I I think we should be in good hands. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. If you are watching, thanks everybody hanging out. Uh, We will be here as a reminder. We will be here at the incredible Blue Wire studio here at the Wynn. Uh, for a second screen watch party, live reacting to everything that's happening in the AFC championship game, Chiefs versus Bengals. Uh, We are doing five things to watch right now. It is time for number four, and that is the beautiful, handsome, extremely tall Craig Stout. Craig is great. More offense. Craig is great. No, no. Barbara and I are getting antsy over here. It's time to talk defense. (laughs) We we, we ain't sitting back here. No, no. Defense? You brought up a little bit the, the, the Tampa Bay game and the, the way that that went, obviously the injuries to the offensive line. Why the hell aren't we talking more about the fact that the Bengals are going to be down so many <laughs> offensive linemen? Mm. You've got Jonah Williams out this week. You've got Alex Kappa out this week. Lyle Collins. 
is on IR. They're starting two of their projected five starters mm-hmm. on offense. And one frankly, of them's hobbled too, by the one way. One of them is hobbled. Ted Karras. Alex Karras. Hobb- yeah, Ted Karras. Yeah. Ted Karras is hobbled. And the other one, guess what? He's a rookie. And Chris Jones said Burrowhead. And Chris Jones, <laughs> Chris Jones said Burrowhead. That's exactly what I'm getting That's probably to. the scariest factor. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's just a lot. There is so much here that we're not talking about. And it feels a little bit like that Super Bowl game for the Chiefs. Like, I know I can speak for myself. I even said it on podcasts leading up to that. It's like, listen, this team has figured out how to deal with the offensive line, how to deal with injuries. The the offense is still humming, and they're still going to hum. And the national media said a lot of the same things. It's like, listen, no, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, this offense, it's going to work still. Well, I just, I, just to add more to, like, the correlation, yeah. there is some kind of fool's gold from the Chiefs. Yes. Playing against the Buffalo Bills. Who the Bengals just played. Uh, in their offensive line, and, and they showed that they were able to navigate the injury of Eric Fisher mid-game. Yep. And and then we yeah, it turned out to be fool's gold. That I, the, the Bills game wound up kind of being a, a fraudulent representation of what was what was sure. to come. Interesting the, choice of words. The, 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 oh. Tampa, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came out, and they absolutely put Patrick Mahomes on his ass. And they dominated that offensive line that was starting a whole bunch of backups and moving guys around and all of that. That's exactly what the Bengals are in. And guess what? Kansas City Chiefs defensive line is really good. They are really good this year. Chris Jones has been just an absolute, I mean, first team all pro. It was unquestionable. Like he's been the best interior defensive lineman in the league this year. Unquestionably. You've also got George Karloftis coming on, playing really well. Frank Clark is Playoff, Playoff Frank, Frank Clark, BJ, I'll <laughs> let you get to him, buddy. I'm not taking any more of Frank from you. But Mike Dana is playing really well. That Mike Dana, Frank Clark, text on is going to get home multiple times this week. There's so much pressure that the Chiefs can bring with their defensive line. And we're just kind of ignoring it collectively about the fact that the Bengals are so banged up on their offensive line. I mean... Sean, maybe you can speak to this. It, you're looking at a game plan there. You're looking at a bunch of backups on an offensive line, a defensive game plan. You guys looking your chops? You know, looking at that? I'm thinking about it like there's never a time where I'm thinking that we need to bring five, bring six. We don't – our four, our four against their five, it should get immediate pressure every snap. Every, like the, the, the trench warfare of this game is so much in favor, I think, of the Chiefs. I don't even um, – I, I I don't I don't know if I've even considered there being an option of us not getting home multiple times against him, uh, just because of the shape of their offensive line and what they're in, and the productivity of our defensive line. And I, I know personally this Joe Cullen kid. You know this 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 coach Joe Cullen has come from um, Jacksonville, come from Detroit. He comes from University of Richmond. He was my position coach. Um, at University of Richmond, and I know that he knows how to motivate men mm. to, to to give everything you got to get home. He knows what a hot LZ is. It's a hot landing zone. It's a military term. That's the mentality these guys have, and they've had since Joe Cullen's come, come here. Um, and so that's what I think the turning point with Sack Nation, the CEO, mm-hmm. it's under different management now. <laughs> Joe Cullen has trained those guys how to be what, what I would say, train killers. Mm. They're assassins. They, and, and there are going to be some silent assassins coming after uh, Joe Burrow and, uh, and Burrowhead uh, come mm. Sunday. I want to ask you about Joe Cullen because we've seen the best year 
of their career. We could arguably say this was the best year of Chris Jones' career. We've seen the best year from Colin Saunders, mm -hmm. Mike Dana, mm -hmm. all of these guys. We spent so much time in the offseason talking about the Chiefs' pass rush and who are they going to bring in in free yes. agency to fix this problem because they were dead last in the AFC with 31 sacks. They had 55 sacks, set a franchise record this year. And it wasn't necessarily – George Karloftis, great year, had six sacks. Frank Skinny Frank came in and had a great year. But we've seen it. We forget, and all of us, and I, I'm guilty of it too. We forget that the best way to get better at something is to develop the own guys that you have. And Joe Cullen coming here, getting the absolute best out of these guys. What is it about the way that he went to Colin Saunders and Mike Dana? What is it about the way that he coaches from either a technique standpoint, a motivation standpoint, that allowed him within one season with a couple of new guys, Carlos Dunlap, they brought in guys that have helped, but it's really been the guys who have been here improving and developing and getting better? The guys that will play are the guys that are willing to give it up every day of practice and create practice habits. The habits are you focus on the football, you get off the ball, and then you have a relentless pursuit of the quarterback or ball carrier through the whistle. Mm. And, that, and, that, and that's, that's the most simplistic way to play D-line. You focus first on the football, then you have amazing get-off, and then you fight, scratch, claw, until you get to the ball carrier, whether it's the quarterback, the running back, doesn't matter who it is, and you do all of those things by being gap sound and with discipline, rush lanes. And if you can do that over and over and over again, he's never worried about the production. You don't look at the, the, the sack stats and the totals and stuff. If you handle the process, the process is always greater than the product. And that's how you become awesome at quarterback hits and pressures and things to adjust that quarterback position. You can't go into a game worrying about your sack numbers. You got to worry about focusing on the ball, get off, and relentless pursuit. Joe Cullen might not worry about sack numbers, but that's why he has us, because I'm going to bring up Frank Clark's sack numbers for anybody that's listening <laughs> oh, to one of our shows for the first time, just in case anybody hasn't heard this before. Frank Clark currently fourth all-time in NFL history in postseason sacks, trailing only another former Chiefs great in Terrell Suggs. By a half sack, it was 12 and a half career sacks. One sack, Frank Clark will move into third place all time for the most sacks in postseason history. He's two and a half sacks behind Bruce Smith and four sacks behind Willie McGinnis. Two good games from Frank in this game against the Bengals on Sunday and then the Super Bowl. And we could literally be talking about Frank Clark having more sacks than any other player in NFL postseason history. I will take that. I will take Nuts. three. I will take three in Burrowhead this week, please. I will wear a shark costume somewhere. Oh, my. oh on the done. next podcast. Oh, yeah, we, I will wear it. We heard that. We heard it. Yeah, it's on tape. If Frank Clark had, we win the Super Bowl, Frank Clark gets at least four, if not four and a half. He could tie it. I'll do it if it's a tie. Okay. It's four sacks in the next two games. I will wear a shark costume on one of the next podcasts Ooh. after that. I'd rather just postpone it so we come back to Vegas next year and you have to wear a shark costume somewhere around in Vegas. Ooh. All right. He'd fit in better. Something we didn't talk about with the defensive line. I mean, everything we said is great. Something the Chiefs defensive line does great, batting passes down at the line of yep. scrimmage. Like, this is something that they are exceptional at. Carlos Dunlap, George Karloftis, I think, are both in the top three. First and second, I believe. Like, yeah. I think I think uh, Carlos Dunlap was tied for the league lead amongst defensive linemen in pass deflection, yep. and George Karloftis was literally one behind him. Chris Jones has been, you know, made a career out of being great at knocking down passes. Joe Burrow is the second fastest time to throw in the NFL this year. Like the ball's coming out quick. That means it's not traveling very far. When the ball comes out quick, isn't traveling far. Batting passes down is a very viable strategy. I think that's clearly something it's, you're obviously not going to come out and plan your entire game plan around this, but it's something that could clearly impact this game. So when the pass rush isn't getting home, when they 
aren't necessarily winning instantly against this backup offensive line, hands are going to go up. And I think this is a game as a quarterback that is very susceptible to having passes batted down just by the style he plays. And it's not as if Joe Burrow's a six foot six Trevor Lawrence that, you know, can easily throw the ball up and over everybody. He's you know, a relatively normal sized quarterback. So that's something that can keep your eyes out because that's something the Chiefs defensive line has done great. I wonder if they're going to play through defense or through the offensive linemen too that can kind of set it up a little bit better for them to be able to deflect some of those passes. If it's not necessarily we're trying to get off the edge, if they're playing through a tackle, if they're trying to play through Hakeem Adeniji trying to play right tackle with an inability to anchor, I mean, tell us how you feel. I, you know how I feel. That's a, that's, this is a, I, I, I do a Jayhawk podcast and I'm saying, <laughs> but I mean, you watch these guys trying to play through, through a tackle, through a guard. That might be a more viable strategy to try to help defend some of these passes. Is that Chris Jones off the edge? I mean, if this is what you're oh, talking sure. about. We've talked about this we a little have. bit, okay. too. Yeah. It's like, yeah. how, where do you move Chris around a little bit? Like, throw him around a little bit. Just kind of create some stuff, especially if they're going to try to set the protection to Chris Jones. It's a lot harder to double team if you got Chris Jones off the edge. And if you're going to send a running back to, over, to go over and help Chris Jones off the edge, he's going to be releasing late. That ball's going to not come out as quickly because of that. And then you're going to have guys like Colin Saunders that have gotten wide open looks. Colin Saunders gets more free runners at the quarterback than anybody else. I love it because he's so quick to get back there, too. It makes it impossible to do anything when you don't have that guy fully taken care of. You got to test it, though. You got to test all those protections. You got a bunch of new guys. Bunch of guys that haven't played a whole bunch of snaps together. Bunch of guys that are not necessarily playing the positions that they have before. That's exactly what the Tampa Bay Bucks did. This just oh. really, to me, feels like that game all mm. over again. I think this Chiefs defensive line is going to make just a massive impact. With the roles them. reversed, though, when you say that, Correct. it's the Bengals are the Chiefs and Correct. the Chiefs are the Bucks. And I want to be clear because you you hit this off to me off pod before, and I don't think I heard that part of the conversation. I'm like. I don't see this at all. No. But now, as you explain it, I fully get where you're coming from. Yeah. Jackson Carmen is Mike Remmers. You are listening to KC Sports Network, your home for the best coverage on your favorite local teams. Whether you're a Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current, K-State, KU, or Mizzou fan, we've got you covered. Find KCSN on your favorite podcast platform. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Fifth thing to watch. It's it's it's. Uh, we're about to chop it up in the barbershop. What's what you got for us? Well, at the end of the day, man, it comes down to what have we not talked about, and that's coaching. Mm. That's the fifth element. It's always going to come down to that 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 instinct of when to go for it on fourth down, when to take a field goal when you're in uh, the red zone, how to keep the guys motivated, and how to keep the offense going. 
And I believe that Coach Andy Reid obviously has not only the experience, the savvy, the play calling, but he's assembled a quality staff throughout the ranks. I mean, we have coaches in the waitings as far as Coach Eric Bieniemy, Coach Dave Tobes, Steve Spagnola. Um, obviously, multiple coaches that have not only had coaching experience, but understands what it takes to go win at this level. And I believe when it comes down to it, that is going to be the, um, the difference maker is that our coach is going to have our guys ready to go all four quarters, a fifth quarter overtime if necessary. But I believe that's going to be the key that really unlocks this uh, Chiefs team on Sunday against the Bengals is I think we check that box A+, plus, and I think the Bengals are going to come in um, not so close. I look at, I think about like what you're saying, Barbara, too, is like, and we look at the last time that these two teams played in the AFC Championship game. It was a, the Chiefs were beating the brakes off of them. They were. Absolutely beating the brakes off them. The, like the early game script, the coaching was outstanding mm-hmm. both sides of the football. Both sides. The, the Bengals didn't score their first touchdown until late in the second quarter. It was, a, I think it was 21-10 going into the half, but it was 21-3. The, the Chiefs got out to a big lead. They had them prepared. They had, they unloaded the clip. That was the moment they were ready to unload the clip. I mean, we talk about a lot, a lot of, a lot on, you know, on the show, it's like, okay, well, the Chiefs played the Bengals already once this year. They have, you know, some stuff to break tendency from what they did last time. They have stuff that they haven't shown the Bengals yet. And that's both sides of the football here. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's not like the Chiefs were out coaching the Bengals in the second half or in the first half. I'm sorry. It's just the second half. Lou Anarumo, outstanding adjustment with the drop eight. But that almost didn't work. Yeah. That's the, other, <laughs> that's the thing we talk about. It took short fields and turnovers and, and mental mistakes by the Chiefs. And it's like, you know, that last game, it wasn't too far removed from, you know, being, you know, mm-hmm. being a Chiefs victory. I mean, it was an overtime game. All that stuff we talk about, everybody giving Lou Anaromo his flowers, deservedly so, like, don't get me wrong, that almost didn't matter. And so, like, this, I think, I think you're going to see a great game plan. I think you're going to see a team that is well prepared, to your point. I, you're, you're dead on. Like, we don't give enough credit to this coaching staff. It's the fifth straight time they're doing it at home. Yeah, Five. Five. How many? Five. Okay. So the Chiefs stats versus the Bengals defense. Uh, lot, Big Lou gets a lot of credit, and he does a great job. It's fantastic situational defensive coordinator. Everything goes great. The Chiefs numbers in terms of, like, yards per play, points per game, are still almost identical to their regular season totals. Like, it's almost yeah. the exact same offense. Like, we're crediting the Bengals defense for – making the Chiefs' offense look the same as it always does. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's just... Just the huge... average of what they do. Yeah, it's just, you it, know. <laughs> it feels like just because there's certain situational plays that go their way, which credit to the, the Bengals for pulling those off, but like certain plays, I think, cloud everyone's judgment over what happened. You go back and look at all three of these games that we're talking about the Bengals. Chiefs were whooping up on them in the first game in the regular season before the comeback began. They were absolutely blowing the doors off of them until somebody decided to not have a foot race to the pylon in the AFC Championship game last year. And even in this game, they were winning until a fumble on a you know broken tackle, essentially, by Travis Kelsey, where he was pulling a linebacker seven, eight extra yards. Guy pulled it out. Credit to the Bengals for making the right plays in those games. Like, you can't take it away from them. But the Chiefs offense, Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, Eric Beanie, they have these guys clicking. They understand how to beat this Bengals defense. It's not a mystery to them. And when was the last time that an Andy Reid team has played a defense in the regular season and then somehow not played it better in the playoffs afterwards? That just doesn't happen. 
and that's the part that surprises me so much about the narratives about this game. And I understand media that it's all one way or it's all another, but they're talking about how the Chiefs have no chance. Chiefs have had leads in the second halves of all these games, Fourth and it's quarter. been two or three plays yeah. in each of these games that the Chiefs haven't made that, yes, give credit to the Bengals on that side, but that's why I don't understand this. The Chiefs have no chance and, and all this crap. It's like these games have been so close, and maybe the Mahomes injury has, has swayed people into thinking it's going to all be one way. Mm-hmm. But the undefeated record and all that, these games have all been close. Nobody's blown anybody out on either side. The only way that anyone's ran away with it has been the Chiefs' side, and then they've given it away. It sounds like a really cliche, dumb thing to say, but it's the, it's the reality of these matchups with the Cincinnati Bengals. It's been three coin flip games in which the Chiefs have beat themselves late in the game. And the Bengals have been very good about, you know, allowing the Chiefs to make those mistakes. And I think some of the game planning comes around to, hey, we're going to force you to drive down the field consistently. We're not going to let you have these explosive plays. Like that was, I think, part of the script last year. They just hung in there. They stuck around and they got a little lucky. And the Chiefs made some uncharacteristic mistakes. It's been a lot of uncharacteristic mistakes. So if there's a mental hurdle for this team with the Bengals, I think that gets broken this week. Because I think the focus has shifted in ways that the Chiefs are not the front runners. Their Chiefs are not the team that uh, the Bengals are the one that are getting the attention. The Bengals are the one that are getting all this love. Vegas thinks the ba- we're in Vegas, and Vegas has been thinking that has been has been favoring the Bengals for the ma- majority of this week. Not I think anymore. Things until have the, kind of adjusted until the spin video came out. Yeah. Sure. Then all of a sudden the line changed. That's like, a line wait a shifter. For that, I mean, that's, that's a line shifter. Li- it's a line spinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I don't know. I mean, it's, <laughs> but that's it. And knowing that they've got to execute at a high level, knowing they can't let it snowball and avalanche again is part of the coaching. To, to Sean's point there, yeah. it's part of the coaching. And you know who are really good coaches when the chips are down? Andy Reid and Steve Spagnolo. Haven't talked about the latter one yet. Haven't talked about the latter one yet. Steve Spagnolo, you know, for everything that we talk about, the amount of undeserved hate this man gets is absolutely silly to me. Every single December, January, February, this man has the defense firing on all cylinders. It can take a while to ramp up sometimes, especially in a season where you turn over so many pieces on the defensive side of the ball. Having a guy that you can rely on to craft a really solid game plan. Again, this is the man that took the undefeated Patriots and put them in the Lion Tamer for an entire Super Bowl. I know that they've got a plan. I know that they've got a way to attack this offense. And I know that Steve Spagnuolo is going to come out with it. We're going to see coverages that Steve Spagnuolo has been holding in that back pocket probably since last year last year's AFC championship game. Yeah. Like he's got stuff that he's ready to unleash and ready to trick Joe Burrow. I know I've talked about it a couple of times this week, but that, that slot drop cloud coverage kind of dropping it into that cover three look on the very first play of the game on a, on a rundown. That's, that is something you do on a dime rep. That's a rundown call that he ran that on. He's doing that. So that Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow are in the film room and they're going, oh, interesting. Okay, well, that's something else that I got to look for. He is building to this. And there's going to be things we haven't seen yet. There's going to be variants we haven't seen yet. There's going to be blitzes we haven't seen yet. I just, he's going to craft a really good game plan. I know that Andy Reid, deservedly so, gets all the focus for developing, coaching and all of that. Steve Spagnuolo is really, really good at this at this time of the year too. 
ask the greatest quarterback ever in Tom Brady how good Steve Spagnuolo is at it, right? I mean, he's done it to him multiple times multiple. in these matchups. Like, this is not anything new. Big Lou for the Bengals gets a lot of credit because he's been really good for these game-specific schemes and game plans. Guess who was Big Lou before Big Lou? Mm -hmm. His name's Steve Spagnuolo. It's like people acting like there's some kind of massive disparity between the two or how they do it. Their defenses are good, fine during the regular season. There's a difference in the playoffs, kind of like Andy Reid in that offense, right? They're going to dial it up. They're going to change things for the playoffs. That's what matters to this team. Go back to the Chiefs Super Bowl run in 2019 and just look at how that defense was clicking once they got to the playoffs. Everything looked different. Everything changed. All these calls have been different. And we look at the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Pressure's coming from everywhere. They have, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is in hell trying to figure out where these pressures are coming from, where he has any time to do anything. Coverages are mixed up. He is Big Lou just before it. And I think there's been, he's coached long enough that his bad games have caught up to this general perception. Everybody thinks that he's just a bad defensive coordinator because of a few bad moments. But I, he's he's going to be on his A game. He's due for a bad one, though. No, he's not. Lou? Oh, Lewis. Lou's due for I thought you were one. talking about Spags. I was, <laughs> yeah. to get up I was, and go fight I was confused, too. Wouldn't be the first time. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. We're going to get out of here pretty quick. But uh, let's get some final thoughts. Barber, up first. Final thoughts. Final thoughts of the game. At the end of the day, man, if you protect your possessions, obviously the ball is going to get in the hands of our receivers. You got to hold tight. You got to know that they're going to try to peanut punch it out. Uh, the strips are coming. All of those attempts to try to turn the ball over. Uh, we got to be ready for every fourth down, you know, fake field goals, fake punts, all those kind of things got to be, um, you got to execute. And at the end of the day, I got to say, you play the game not trying to be perfect, but mm. would you play the game with an era of excellence? You got to know what it takes to be excellent. And I'm talking about at all three levels in all three phases. Mm. You know what excellence is, now go out there and play with that type of fire, that type of, um, that type of emotion, that type of energy. And actually do what you've, you know, been been placed here to do, man. Bring a, uh, another AFC Lamar Hunt trophy back to Arrowhead, back to Burrowhead or whatever you want to call it. Mm. At the end of the day, all that talking, your, your play on the field takes care of that. BJ, give me a non-Frank Clark final thought. I'm just going to I'm going to be honest. I'm so tired of talking about this football game. Like, I just, let's just go. Like, I'm fired up and I'm not going to do anything for it. So I'm going to spend the time right here shouting out Michaela Bennett and Tucker Franklin that are out here in Las Vegas with us. We're obviously bringing a lot of content, getting ready for the AFC championship game, but we're also gathering a ton of NFL draft content. It just so happens that it comes at the same time. And this is last year where we sat down and talked to Isaiah Pacheco. We sat down and talked to Brock Purdy. We talked to Skylar Thompson and Jelani Woods and these guys that ended up playing uh, significant roles for their teams, obviously two rookie quarterbacks starting in the playoffs um, because of injury, but uh, a lot of phenomenal content that we're getting at KC sports that Michaela has been killing it with Instagram and all the social stuff that we'll have content for weeks, if not months leading up to the draft on what we have going on out here. We have stepped the game up at KC sports network this year for our draft content. And I can say this and I don't brag on us a whole lot. That's saying something for what we did last year. And I cannot wait for all this stuff to go down. And I can't wait for us to do some more content, getting ready for a Super Bowl. but shout out Tucker and Michaela for killing it out here yep. uh, and, and getting some good stuff for us for the next few weeks. All right, Maddie. You're going to make me follow that. Yeah, like, I, have I, to know. Follow, I have I to follow. To. I have to follow that yeah. here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to save some of the energy. Like BJ said, we are going to be doing a live watch along for this game mm. on Sunday. So I don't want to expend all of my fraudulent takes about the fraudgles right now. Okay. Um, I just say this. Their mayor is starting to talk a little bit of trash. That's, it's weird. It's that's very, gross. Too. That's strange. It's disgusting. I don't like that. It reeks of desperation. It's fraudulent. Just like the Cincinnati Bengals. 
I, I can't wait for this game. Like, I'm with BJ. I'm tired of talking about it. We've done a lot of trash talk back and forth. We've done, we've broken down the game every which way possible. Enough of it. It's kind of been there. I need the game to happen right now because I really, really don't. I have a hard time wrapping my head around finding a way the Chiefs are going to lose this game the way the Bengals, the entire city of Cincinnati has presented themselves in this situation. I know that doesn't really have an impact on a game, but man, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't seem plausible to see the way that team acts to go ahead and come out with the win to go back to the Super Bowl. It stinks. It reeks of desperation. Like Skyline Chili. There. It, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're not, you're not wrong there. I mean, take it. Poaching Chris Lamont's off of the practice squad oh, because yeah. they didn't want the Chiefs to be able to be able to do something like it. Desperation. Disrespectful. That's what a team that doesn't truly think that they're going to do come in and beat the brakes off of another team. Yes. This is the types of actions that you typically see. And the Chiefs have just gone about their business all week long. Mostly. You know, mostly. Listen, Willie can say what he wants. Gonna, it's, it's you know, close to <laughs> out of line. That was just a fine. I mean, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. But, you know, uh, they've mostly gone about and done their business. And that, to me, that quiet confidence, that sitting back and just kind of letting everybody else from the other side just yap and yap and yap, that's fine. They can do that. Patrick Mahomes is going to show up. Travis Kelsey is going to show up. Chris Jones is going to get rid of the goose egg this week. I'm calling it. It's going to be impactful moments from impactful players. And the Chiefs have a lot of those impactful players. They're all showing up in a big way on Sunday. Rant Swanson hasn't come out a ton. Uh, I will be insufferable for the hour that we do after this game if the Chiefs are able to pull it off. I will if? be running my mouth when the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Cincinnati Bengals to advance to the Super Bowl for the third time in five years of the Patrick Mahomes area. That has been five things to watch. Thank you all so much for watching, for listening. We really appreciate you. We appreciate Blue Wire. It's been great oh, partnering yeah. with them. Awesome. It's been great to hang out in this incredible studio, seeing this really sick KC Sports Network background. We can't wait to be back here on Sunday for a live watch party. Make sure you hit the like button and the hit the subscribe button so you will know when we are all hanging out, watching the Chiefs beat the brakes off the Cincinnati Bengals. Thanks, y'all. We'll catch you later. Prodigals. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube, Entertain, Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.